Hello, everyone. I'm Kayla Olin, and welcome to Sports Illustrated's All-American Show. I'm Kayla Olin. I've been a sports journalist and broadcaster on the West Coast for about four years now. I've hosted the podcast On Second Thought for four years, as well as Dog Thoughts for Sports Illustrated's Husky Maven channel for the past year. I'm joined by two amazing co-hosts. You might know who they are. We have John Garcia and Edwin Weathersby. John is the director of football recruiting for Sports Illustrated's All-American, and he's a veteran recruiting at CBS Sports 24-7 Sports and Scout.com. Edwin got his start as a scouting intern for the Cleveland Browns and has served as director of player personnel at UC Davis, pro personnel scouting assistant with the New York Giants, West Coast director of player development for the All-American Bowl. Now Edwin is a scouting analyst for Sports Illustrated All-American. Both of you, welcome to Sports Illustrated's All-American inaugural podcast. We are getting closer and closer to signing day. First off, thank you so much for coming. John, how are Doing you? Doing well. Like you said, it's, it's crunch time. We're, we're about two weeks away from that early signing period, and a lot of programs are, are going to make their move here, and, and others are going to fall down the peg a little bit. So it's always exciting times for us this time of year. And Edwin, are you getting much sleep these days? Because like he mentioned, it's getting closer and closer as we're starting to move into December and so on and so forth. Yeah, as John mentioned, we're coming down the home stretch here in the uh, early signing period. We just announced the uh, 250 finalists for the All-American team and that evaluation process with John and myself and the rest of our staff at SL American will just continue so on. Right into it because like you mentioned, it's getting close. So John, you came on on Second Thought one time. We kind of got to talk a little bit about impacting and delaying of COVID and everything like that. So that's really our first segment here is what impact will the delay of so many football seasons have on signing day? Some schools have already played. Some are in their championship seasons right now with playoffs. Some have yet to play. Some don't even know if they're going to be able to play in the spring. So right away, John, late bloomer, who hasn't played yet? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, over a dozen states have not played high school football. And, and with the recent spikes in COVID really across the country, it's not looking great for, for them. I know in California in particular, there's a lot of question marks right now about how football may look early in 2021. And, and for that group, unfortunately, for, for most of them, if not all, when you're talking about Division One schools, FBS, Power Five, those kids just had to sort of have been on radar already. Um, I, I think the the chances of going I, I mean I hadn't seen one yet where a kid who, who wasn't gaining power five offers as a junior going into his senior year all of a sudden picked them up without playing that senior year I think it's pretty much that group that was already established that is just navigating what is a very unique recruiting process but in terms of uh, emerging and, and getting on radar without playing this fall I think those stories have been few and far in between because you know that Friday night evaluation is still the true foundation of all of college football and recruiting, it is it is about 11-11 against an opponent when it matters the most. And, and obviously, so many great states, California, Oregon, Washington, Virginia, North Carolina, and many others just didn't, those kids didn't get that opportunity in 2020. Edwin, John brought up a great point about kids making a statement, getting that opportunity, still waiting to play. Let's kind of talk about someone who was injured in 2019. Maybe not as much film, maybe not even getting to play their season or waiting for this return now. What about those kids who are injured who kind of like you mentioned in states that still haven't played yet, maybe even ones that already have? Yeah, it's just it's an unfortunate situation to be in if you're a kid that um, you missed your 2019 junior season and you're a 2021 recruit and you're in the state of California, for example, and you rehabbed and worked so hard in the offseason throughout the winter, throughout the spring um, to get your injury and your 
body back right. Um, so only see that this pandemic has caused, you know, as John mentioned, states like California, Oregon, Washington, among others. I think out in the Midwest, Illinois hasn't even played high school football either. Um, for them not to have that opportunity to, one, uh, to set a recruiting aside, but to put a cap and a conclusion on their high school career. It's something that um, a lot of other kids get to do even during this time. But um, then again, for them to put out tape and reps to show college coaches and staffs that, hey, that injury that caused me to miss a chunk of my junior season, I have rehabbed from and overcame that. So, um, you know, I feel bad for, for those kids and hopefully they do get some sort of opportunity to put a cap and a conclusion to their high school season or I'm sorry their high school career and John kind of you see a lot of these athletes who want to play college ball some stay in shape with track some do baseball you know Kyler Murray he goes and gets signed by the A's before going to the Cardinals so a lot of these kids are dual athletes how does that now impact on maybe not getting a season like track and field to stay in shape or that time where they're now having to play for their high school team, they don't get to play in these camps that other kids have. What kind of impact does that have now? I think those evaluations become magnified. Uh, again, if you're, you're one of these, these kids in these states that aren't playing, you're having to rely on, on some non-football traits to show up that you hope can translate over to the game. And, and, you know, I know, like you said, a lot of play spring sports like baseball and run track, et cetera. But I think you've seen, you know, kids, especially when COVID was, was at its height in the off season, you saw, you know, the Brockermeyer brothers pulling a truck, you know, any way you can show your athleticism or explosion relative to your position, I think is still somewhat relevant. Those are good validating points um, or, or, you know, original thoughts when it comes to like Edwin was talking about somebody who was injured like a Tommy Brockermeyer that was really everyone's first glimpse as to hey this kid looks like he's getting pretty healthy so season or not he was going to get the benefit of the doubt because he had already emerged as that power five recruit but for those on the bubble I think there were different ways to validate athleticism every single thing you do is a data point and, and every school believes something close to that narrative uh, there's no substitute for Friday night tape for sure but with technology, I think a lot of kids got creative. I saw a lot of them measuring themselves next to a door to truly, you know, give adequate height and weight uh, representation for their schools if they're trying to, you know, show just how long they may be, things like that. Uh, I think a lot of people's creativity, you know, football or not, was really sort of tested throughout this pandemic and, and recruiting was, was no exception. And to kind of piggyback off of that, talking about being creative, putting out tape, not necessarily just football, but other things like that. There's a lot of kids that are stuck behind a five-star kid. We have seen and heard some of these five-star athletes opting out, declaring that they're just going to try and go ahead and enroll early. Situations like that. How else is this now impacting those kids that are maybe stuck behind that five-star kid, aside from what you mentioned and not getting those other athletics and other things in? Yeah, for us, um, you know, I would first say that, uh, you know, we've remained steadfast at SIL American that, uh, and John and I feel uh, very passionately about this, that uh, we do not participate in the star rating system. Um, for us, we evaluate the now and project the value on a college roster and reflect that in our 99 and positional rankings. But um, for, for those prospects who 
um, are stuck behind a high-end type recruit. Um, it's just an unfortunate uh, deal uh, because a lot of times there's often um, a college coach will show up at a game or at a spring practice or what have you to see that high-end um, big-name recruit um, and then see that, hey, there's another kid behind him or um, there's stories of quarterbacks being high-end prospects and then a coach shows up and sees a um, wide receiver that they're throwing to um, and that receiver blowing up on the recruiting trail. So that opportunity um, for those schools in those states who are not playing high school ball right now is, is just very unfortunate that that can't um, unfold at this time. John, Owen brought up a great point on how stars shouldn't really mean anything, don't really mean anything to some people, just for a lot of reasonings, like he said. But you were a college analyst for 24-7, did all that recruiting and stuff. So there is a little bit of stars that you do see. You're involved in not, not involved in a lot of talk, but you hear a lot more of it and the analytics behind it than some people do. So how are those stars supposed to be taken into consideration now? Should they be less looked at or maybe taken even a little bit more highly? Yeah, and I think, you know, the star system is, is what it is. Uh, and I think the biggest misconception around it is that it's for the recruit or for the athlete. Uh, it's not. It's for the fans. It is just supposed to be the, the bare minimum layer of expectation-based around a recruit's name. That's all it's supposed to be, an initial gauge of where the, the perception of talent is around prospect X. It's an indicator. Um, it's not to say stars don't matter verbatim, uh, but in terms of how we evaluate at SI All-American, we're more focused on rankings and truly the best of the best. We rank 99 players at SI All-American. We rank top 10 at 14 different positions, including some that the industry has yet to recognize in the nickel position, slot receiver, etc. But uh, in terms of the, the general non-diehard perception of stars mattering, of course they matter. The measure of elite talent matters. The entire industry has progressed uh, mightily over the last decade. And it's reflected when you watch college football on Saturdays, how many elite freshmen were very highly touted both by colleges and, and by the industry coming out of high school. It's, it's a large portion of them. And of course, that translates to, you know, all conference, all American NFL draft pick type status. So the, the very base layer of stars not mattering is obviously incorrect. Uh, but at SI All-American, we do like to dig a bit deeper and truly focus on the best of the best. Um, but there's always, there's always instances where uh, they may not matter. There's always instances where people get it wrong. Colleges, evaluators, everybody misses at times as well. And those stories are, are no uh, less important. They may, they may be more important, and they're certainly more emphasized in this day and age of social media. But I think you know, what we try to do is, is truly give you a snapshot of who the best college football players of tomorrow are going to be. I want to kind of wrap this up because there are so many things we could talk about with the impact of this. We could go on for hours about it in terms of what these kids are going through right now. But quickly from both of you, Edwin, kids want to visit a school, so they delay their signing. How big of a decision is that to see that school, even if they go there to play football, how big is that? Yeah, with the visit component of a player's recruitment, uh, many staffs love having prospects attend games to get an up-close look at its game day atmosphere with the festivities and the fans and the pageantry 
um, see a packed stadium and the whole game day routine and so on. So um, that's especially important for out-of-state recruits for a school. Um, and while recruits right now can technically still do unofficial visits on their own dime, uh, the pandemic has unfortunately imposed a sense of discouragement um, on that component. Um, as a result of that, we've seen many prospects attempt to organize unofficial official visits, um, like what Caleb Williams did for Oklahoma and Garrett Nussmeyer did for LSU. So um, there's going to be a good chunk of recruits who signed with schools in this 2021 cycle without ever stepping on campus in person and only being exposed to um, the likes of their school that they're signing with via Zoom calls and online research. John, this is how we're going to start ending this show because I think it'll be interesting to see how they pan out. I want a hot take on the delay and impact of football that it has on signing day. Well, you know, I think delaying football will, will cause a little bit more chaos on National Signing Day. I think this will – it's not really a hot take. I think it's a true take. This will show you who the best evaluators are in the world of college football because there was a tad less data compared to years prior. So those programs who identify earlier and trust those initial evaluations while monitoring the progress of recruits are going to come out with the best recruiting classes at the end of the day. And, and time will tell just how big of an impact this is. But I think, unfortunately, for a lot of programs, the, the cream will rise to the top and, and the blue blood programs and those in best position to win today are probably going to be the same ones in position to recruit despite all of the, you know, 2020 circumstances. You heard it here first. Expect chaos leading up to signing day as we get there and we take that journey with you. And continue to check out everything that's going on with what John Garcia is doing and Edwin Witherby is doing. I'm Hale Olin. He's John. He's Edwin. For more information and great content, check out SIAllAmerican.com.